Brian Winhurst and the Hoop Collective is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Wednesday morning about 1 a.m. Shortly after the Boston Celtics strike back make it 3-1. Somebody's got to take this through the first four games. McMahon series couldn't get it done. Joining me from down the road here in Miami, we're at the game tonight. It's Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. How we doing? Joining us from Dallas, where he's back from LA, cut the series short. God bless you. We're jealous. Is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. Last night, tough game. I pondered retirement briefly afterwards, but woke up this morning and felt like working some more. So here I am. <laughs> here I am with nine days off to the finals. <laughs> so, By the way, Brian, Brian's going to have all coming after us saying that we're like cheerleading to go home today from game four. That's not what was happening. I was quite prepared to go home. If the Celtics were prepared, <laughs> I would have, I would have gone home as well. Um, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's an odd series that we're covering Bontemps because the underdog absolutely rejects being the underdog, and the favorite absolutely rejects being the favorite. Mm. And I wasn't in Boston, but I, I I can just I can just picture in the streets of Boston tonight, moments after Eric Spolstra pulled all of his starters, indicating he was waving the white flag, people screaming in the streets. BPI, BPI, <laughs> BPI, BPI. <laughs> the, the the BPI strikes back. Um, oh, I'm, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it now. See if I mean, it's been God, God, only, God only knows what BPI says. The series is at now. It's probably back to 92 percent Boston. It's run, It ran home to Mama. That, that AI <laughs> ran home to Mama. Um, I, you know, here's my analytics take on this. Uh, the, the Celtics make their threes. They win. And Celtics they, are 37 and two when they make 40 percent or more of their threes, and they are 29 and 31 when they do not. And in this series, they are one and zero, and zero and three. And tonight they shot exactly 40%. Um, There's more to that, obviously. Um, I think one of the things that was very interesting about this game was how, what the Celtics disposition was going to be coming out because um, they kind of laid down, did lay down in game three, um, really made you wonder exactly where they were with the coach. I hate to reduce the coach to one game, but it was such a disappointment that, it just there was no um, there was no way to um, to really look at it any differently, and so sure enough, the Heat come out in this game and they take was it Bontemps a nine point lead in the first quarter? The Boston Celtics trail by nine late in the first quarter. They're trailed by nine late in the third quarter or early in the third quarter, and Joe Mazzulla called a timeout two minutes and nineteen seconds into the fourth quarter after they didn't. Score, missed all four shots and had three team fouls already in the first 219 and the lead had been cut down to five here's what happened each of those three times 17 to 5 run an 18 to 0 run and a 12 to 0 run for the celtics coming into this game the question about this was going to be when the celtics got hit in the mouth what were they going to do were they going to pack up and go home or were they going to fight now we'll give the celtics and joe missoula in particular a ton of credit 
because the Celtics fought this whole game. There were multiple times where it looked like this thing was going to go sideways, especially those nine-point deficits. And both times, they came back, had huge runs, got contributions from across the board, played really hard. And in particular, I thought Missoula did a great job. Like People have gotten on him a lot this year for calling timeouts. I generally thought it was dumb. Calls that timeout early in the fourth quarter. He gets Tatum back in the game. Tatum hadn't made a field goal the first three games in the fourth quarter. What does he do? Draws up an ATO to get some movement against Miami's own defense. Tatum gets an elbow jumper, immediately goes off again for 11 more points. In the yeah, by the way, it was funny. Um, the game it was funny. Um, McMahon, so in the postgame um, press conference with Tatum, Bontemps brought this play up. It was a good play. And by the way, the, the, the Heat mm-hmm. have two 10-point comebacks in the second half in this series. And so here come, you could see them coming. You know, they cut the lead down to five. You know, Boston was turning the ball over. Boston was fouling. <clears throat> so Bontemps says, Jason, you know, he hadn't scored in the fourth quarter of this series. Um, you know, and then, the, you know, it goes over that play. And Jason's like, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. I I hadn't made any field goals. I had oh. free throws. <laughs> <laughs> Which I said, fair point. That was my mistake. He had hit five yeah. free throws. Uh, I am on you know your side he, of some temps. But you know what? Hey, hey, listen. He he was he was having a good time about it. And he look, he played great today. I mean, he had eight points at halftime. He had more field goal. He had more turnovers and field goals at halftime. It was looking like it could be another ugly performance for him too. How many free throws? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and boy, big time clutch free throws too. Let me tell you, those, hey, listen, those, he had 20, those really did a lot had, of damage. He had 25 in the second half. He went six for eight for the field in the third, spun the game around. You know, I, I just was really impressed with the way the Celtics fought in this game because everybody here was expecting this thing to be over, especially when they went down a couple times. And they showed a lot of fight and a lot of resolve. And I was impressed, and I was impressed with the job mm-hmm. Missoula did. And now we'll see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, yay. Heavy favorite avoids getting swept. Let's, you know. let's plan a parade for that look i mean well listen i mean you know we killed them the other night when they got obliterated so so yeah rightfully so as marcus smart would say by the way (laughs) i i had a uh, i had a fair point moment myself last night in the wake of the uh, nuggets finishing off the first sweep in franchise history to make the first finals in franchise history. I'm sure you guys the heard. The first time they've ever swept a series? It's, it's first amazing. time they've ever swept a series. It is. That's amazing. I, it never, is, I didn't know that. Obviously, they, you know, they easily could have done it in the first round, but they didn't. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's the first time their franchise has ever swept a series. Anyways, wow. I'm sure you guys heard. I asked Michael Malone some version of, hey, you know, what, if anything, has Joker proved to you in, the, in these playoffs? And he gave a great answer because it was basically like a – you know, softball that he, he wanted to hit out of the park. And, you know, he, he went back to the stat padding thing. Have you seen any stat padding in these playoffs? And, you know, that's part <laughs> of his answer. He keeps on, you know, and he goes on. And I don't know him well enough to mess with him, like, during the press conference. But afterwards, I went up to him and I said, hey, uh, 10 three bound in game six is the only stat pattern I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> he, and he, he laughed and he said, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but obviously the, th- the overall premise of, of what he had to say was certainly on the money. Well, look, I, I know that the Jokic doesn't care that much about stats, but he does care some. I think it's fair to say he does. I care mean, some. come on. Well, also, like 
if if you've been there's a lot more than on some, a regular but, basis yeah. and one's within reach, like hey, grab a rebound. They'll get you out real quick after when right. you're up 25 late in a plus, uh, an elimination game. It's okay. Like yeah. plus uh, Malone has not kill. Malone has come to these press conferences with like the Will Chamberlain stats in hand, ready to read them off. <laughs> with the triple yes. doubles. So I think that it may be something that they're paying attention to, but we digress. We'll talk more about the nuggets in a little bit. Um, yeah. So the thing about this, uh, this heat game, I'm just going to point something out. Gabe Vincent sprained his ankle in this game. Mm. And uh, if you're looking for reasons that this, the, that the Celtics could pull some sort of move here, um, our producer Jackson is a Yankees fan and he, was shaken a little bit by the fact that Derek Jeter and A-Rod were in the game, in the um, arena tonight <laughs> on the night when Boston rallied back from 3-0 down to make it 3-1. He's a little bit, he's a little bit shaky. He's for the uh, non-baseball fans who listen to the pod or people who are not old. Uh, the Red Sox <laughs> came back against the A-Rod Jeter Yankees in 2004 from down 3-0. Dave Roberts stole he's, second base. Um, and I'm not even that big of a baseball fan. Uh, by the way, A-Rod, how about A-Rod in L.A.? Coast uh, to coast, chatting, baby. Chatting up with Kyrie and made it all back over to Miami for uh, tonight's uh, affair. Yeah, he had uh, Kyrie on one baseline, Trey Young on another baseline, uh, D'Angelo Russell on the bench. Lots of good point guards who were sitting there with, with courtside <laughs> seats. Hey, Bontemps, maybe we can get a ride with A-Rod on his jet to Boston tomorrow. <laughs> we we um, probably could. By the way, this a, is a complete time. He's a – he's He's a coworker. I want you yeah, to know. I was going to say, I mean, is he still know, a colleague? Can, he certainly is. He is, is still a colleague. This, this yeah. is a complete digression, but by the way, I got to I got to just read a tweet from our guy, Dave McMenamin, today, speaking of D'Angelo Russell. Quote, D'Angelo Russell said it was, quote, tough to agree with Darvin Ham's decision to bring him off the bench in game four. Forget the rest of it. Saying it was, it was tough to agree with a decision is just an all-time lie from D'Angelo Russell. So props to him. Props him. For yeah. That. Well, what, what was the rest of the quote? He's like, I just had to, I, I just had to come off the. But bench ultimately, yeah. Oh, I didn't. That one. That part of it was left in there. Uh, he ultimately did not want to be a distraction to his teammates. Remain professional and try to dominate the minutes when he was on the floor. Right. Well, well, that did not failed. happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So, the, if you're looking for a reason why the Celtics could have some traction here going forward. One game five is in Boston. Now, granted, they are 10 and 11 in Boston <laughs> the last two years. The Heat have won five road games, including two in, uh, in this series, uh, this postseason. Um, but it is in Boston. And, you know, you would think that they would have a chance to play well. And the Gabe Vincent injury is concerning. So if you saw the injury, he turned it over pretty bad. And it was really a, an unusual injury. He jumped twice. He didn't roll it on anybody. I thought he was right near the bench in the corner. Yeah. I thought, Oh no, he stepped on, on um, a teammate. Well, he, foot. He, yeah. He, well, he jumped, he got his shot blocked and then he landed yeah. and then he jumped up to try to get the rebound and landed awkwardly left on. ankle and he rolled it hard and he tried to stay in the game. And so Eric Spolstra didn't really have an update afterwards. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an MRI Um He's been playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're already down two guards. Not that Tyler Hero and and, um, and Victor Oladipo are point guards, but you know they're thin at guard. Um, well, part of their and, success has been they've been able to have Kyle Lowry come off the bench and play twenty-eight to thirty minutes, depending. And if Kyle's really cooking, maybe he plays a little more. 
if Gabe is limited or Gabe can't play, then all of a sudden you're bumping Kyle back up to playing 42. And then, you know, well, that's, and, and that more gets in a position where he gets a little run down. Right. And also more of Jimmy Butler minutes of point guard is what I assume is what they're going to do. And, and frankly, think. and frankly, I know that Kyle Low, and by the way, I don't know for sure he's out, but I am not optimistic seeing mm-hmm. in that turn. Um, he had 29 points in game three. He was playing reasonably well in this game before he got hurt. He had 17 points in uh, 28 minutes. Um, he's a really quality player for them. And, uh, you know, he's been a steadying hand at point guard. So, you know, the heat might, you know, either if, he, if they don't lose him there, he's going to be limited. I just can't see that he's not going to be, it, it was as bad as a Jimmy sprain uh, where he yep. rolled his ankle hard. Um, yep. So, I mean, that's a factor. And the other thing is Lowry hasn't played well in this series. Um, I know he's played well in the playoffs. He hasn't played well in this series. Doesn't mean he won't uh, in game five. Um, you know, the other thing that happened with the heat tonight, um, they were leading the league in three point shooting, leading the playoffs in three point shooting. And um, uh, they went cold tonight. They went eight of 32. They were, 40, they were 44 for 92 over the first three games, three. And today they were eight for 32. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Could be a one-off, could be not. Um, you know, I think the heat, uh, can look at this game and say that, you know, they were close to getting over the hump a couple of times. Um, but, you know, look, it's, it's, it's something I'm just going to be honest with you. I booked my flight back to Miami for Friday. Now I did that because it's Labor Day weekend and I'm worried about the flight, the, the, the flight selling out. But having said that, I did. Book that's it. why, that's why I did it. That's why I did it. <laughs> um, well, look, the Celtics, so, I, I had stats. Williams looked this up yesterday. So as you mentioned, Boston's 10 for 11, 10 and 11 at home over the past two playoffs, which by the way, if you played 21 home games over two playoffs and you are under 500, it, it's, it really it's just crazy, shows right? how it's, insane it's almost impossible. The Celtics team is. Or, yeah. I, yeah. I, they are now, they're now, I believe they're now 13 and seven in road games and 10 and 11 in home, which is bonkers. But there's been at least there's been 135 teams that have played at least 15 home games over two playoffs. And you will not be surprised to know that the Boston Celtics are the only one that has a record that is under 500. I mean, it's so almost, it's impossible, almost impossible, impossible to do because it, to play yeah. that many home games means you're winning series. Yes. And so yes. how do you win you series have to keep winning you're road mediocre games. at home? Because well, yeah, you answer, keep winning road crazy. games over and over again. I mean, it's, it, is, it, it is fascinating. And, you know, look, it was interesting being at shoot around today. Like you go to, went to practice uh, availability yesterday. Uh, I guess not yesterday. So went to practice Monday. It's in a ballroom at the four seasons in Miami. And Malcolm Brogdon comes in. Why don't you say where the Celtics are lot. staying? I mean, geez. I mean, come on, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. All these people, these people know where they're staying anyway. It seems all stay in the same place. If, if this was live, somebody could have fun at the hotel bar. That, that's, I also, that's also true. Uh, this hotel doesn't have the, a bar. That, that, that is true. The, the is well anyway, stocked from what I hear. That's true. We got so Malcolm Brogdon. Let me get back. Let me get. We don't need to talk about Brian's. While fridge. you finish Malcolm that, I'm going to Bro- gather. I'm going to gather the liquor in my room, and I, you finish your point. I'll be right back. Uh, okay. So as Brian disappears, so Malcolm Brogdon comes in the ballroom on Monday. Guy whose nickname is the President. He's not known to really be saying a lot of inflammatory stuff in the media. We actually joked before he came in that they probably bring in Malcolm Brogdon because he never says all that, anything, all that interesting. And then he gets up at the front of the microphone and proceeds to say that Boston's identity has waned all season. Their defense has gone away. And like they just have things have just 
completely gone sideways during the playoffs. So you have that. Then you come in Saturday, come in Tuesday for shoot around and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are feeling good. They're saying, don't let us get one win. Like everything is, you know, acting like things are fine. And they're up in the series. Everybody's feeling chill. And then they come out and play like this in game four. It is just, this is sort of what the Celtics have been. They just, whenever you expect them to play, to be done and play badly, they play well. And I have no idea what's going to happen on Thursday. They might go to Boston and go 20 for 45 from three again. They also might go eight for 40 and completely cough up the end of the game and lose in horrible fashion at home. I, I, this team is impossible to know what they're going to do from game to game or quarter to quarter, which is what's made them such a roller coaster ride. Well, the BPI has flipped. The BPI is on that Miami Heat bandwagon finally, fellas. Uh, 61% odds for, for Miami to win the series. Yeah, not yeah sure. you know what that's called? You know what that's called? Uh, juking the numbers. That's what yeah, that's called. That's, that's called <laughs> are, you, are you implying the that there's shenanigans with the ESPN? BPI I'm implying there's been shenanigans. With, I'm implying there's been shenanigans with BPI for the entire playoffs, and it's now being adjusted the other way to make up for it. But uh, okay, but man, look at this. You're I, I don't drink. You're uh look at this. These what are, are we not, doing? Oh wow, those are, are big not, ends. This this is for this is for our YouTube audience. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Look at that. What is this? This is Don Julio. It's okay. That's good. Probably, I don't, there's probably, I'm not a there's probably drinker, 10 good shots stuff. in that. Oh, there's a what lot more than 10 on? shots in that, boy. Look at this. <laughs> there's that a lot is, more than For people who are not listening to the podcast, if you thought that Brian Windhorst was a big partier, that, that last comment just put those yeah. thoughts to bed. <laughs> okay. He held up a handle of liquor and said there's 10 shots in. All right, listen. I'm just pointing out what goes on in Miami. Okay, Maybe look at this. Big shots. Look at this. Look at this. Little Bacardi. How many shots in this in this sucker? Twenty-seven. A lot, a lot more than ten. A lot, a lot yeah, more than than that. Than this is just. This is. Just, by the way, there's a whole fridge full of, of beer Brian. and wine. By the hey, way, Brian, I'm not many done. Ounces in a bottle. I know many ounces in a bottle. Uh, a shot is an ounce. So you can look at the ounces and it'll tell you how many. How many? Shots twelve. You got twelve-year-old uh, Johnny Walker Black, a full bottle. Ooh, how many fancy. shots in this one, McMahon? A lot. Several. Numerous. Thirteen. <laughs> oh, I'm not done. <clears throat> yeah, we clearly clearly not. Tito's, Austin, Texas. Tito's. Get some Tito's uh, how and many, soda. How many shots in this one? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. You know what? There's What's not any on? shots of milk. Brian has no milk. In it. Here's why this all happened. Brian likes to get milk on the road and have cereal. Likes to buy little containers of cereal and have, put some milk in it and have some breakfast. And his fridge was broken. His milk got spoiled. He's been grumpy about it for days. But now I got, he's been As they say down in Texas, I got enough liquor to choke a horse. I don't have any <laughs> I've damn never heard milk. anybody what? say that down in Texas, but maybe they have. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Um, what is going on? I, I, I just The amount of liquor in this room is preposterous. It is preposterous. By the way, there's also a well, couple's kit. Well, I'm not looking in that. Get, get rid of some of it then. <laughs> hey, This is a Disney podcast. Pretend like, you're promoting a, or pretend like you're promoting a party in an Atlanta club and just drink straight from the bottle. Come on. <laughs> um, anyway. I see you the next weekend. Yeah. So I will say, you know, the Heat are... You know, I would say, you know, Spolstra after the Garrick Spolstra after the game, I think he was most uh, upset with the that they lost their pace. One of the things that the Heat did really well these first few games was 
get stops and then have great pace. And the Celtics, you know, the Celtics are not playing good defense this postseason, but they have it within them, but they haven't been able to set up. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics were able to take over the pace of the game because they were the ones who were getting the stops. And so I, you know, this, this is just an odd series. I'm having a heart. I'm not making any feel that I think that there's going to be the big run. Although I do think Boston has a, has a good chance to bounce back in game five as well to keep it going. But I, I'm having a hard time reading the way this series is going to go because I, I honestly believe that some of it just comes down to the flat out three point shooting, which is uncomfortable because I don't like it to have sort of that randomness to it. But I honestly think that it might come down to that. Just, How you know, concerned well, would you say uh, Jimmy Butler was? <laughs> Jimmy flipped it on his head. Jimmy, who uh, was kind enough to do media after he was fined 25000 for not doing media after game three. Yeah, Jimmy, more of those was, beer commercials. <laughs> Jimmy was asked, well, Jimmy said he was going to go drink wine. And beer. Game tonight. He's and versatile. Beer. Now, we happen to know um, that Jimmy likes uh, Soaring Eagle wine, which I think is quite expensive. Believe it's, believe it's Screaming Eagle. Screaming Eagle. Soaring Eagle is the, the yeah. Walmart version. We're talking about, we're <laughs> talking about a lot on this pod. A lot and of you can tell I don't know what I'm talking about. You guys you are in Miami. Um, but anyway, Miami. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy in, a, in a classic sort of Jimmy move, was asked, like, you know, are you worried about this giving Boston momentum? And he's like, no, it gives us momentum. And then I listened to it. And I didn't really understand the answer. But then again, I'm not understanding this series very well. Yeah. So um, and so I, uh, Jimmy basically poo-pooed that this is going on. And he played okay in this game. Yeah. But he wasn't efficient. He was 9 of 21 shooting. He had a couple of, um, you know, he did have nine rebounds and five assists. Um, but he just, he had a couple of shots where he, like, just didn't, Likely he lost the ball. He didn't get a good shot. So, um, you know, it's hard to say a guy who 29 and nine and five didn't play well, but by his standards, he didn't have a great game. Right. Um, so I would expect him to bounce back, especially knowing the stakes, especially since he seems to kill the Celtics in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens on, on Thursday night. And um, the series extends. Uh, by the way, Grant McMahon, Williams had a big time impact tonight. Had a huge game. Had a huge guys, game. They had really the, the, uh, the Celtics had five guys make over three or more three pointers, and Grant Williams well, they, just made the, four of them. The key, the key guy, really for me was Al Horford. When Al Horford makes three pointers, the Celtics are a much different team because mm-hmm. when he's playing well, it unlocks their offense. He is a huge part of what they do, and he's been god awful, especially offensively, but really just in general. Basically, these entire playoffs, and certainly since the start of the Philly series, he's only really had one game. He had one game where he had five threes. Other than that, he's basically not hit anything. Him coming out, he had a couple threes early in the game today, ends up three for six on the night from three, had four assists, seven rebounds, plus 23, team best, plus minus in the game. When I was playing well, the Celtics are a much different team. He had a really nice game in game four. But look, like, I'm obviously not going to sit here and produce say the Celtics are going to win the next three games. But if there ever is going to be a team that's going to come back in this situation, it's going to be one that is the higher-seeded team that has home court that is in a situation like this. Now you got Gabe Vincent banged up. The Heater are a streaky three-point team, three-point shooting teams, shooting the lights out. So we'll see what happens. But again, I can't, I can't believe all the, 
No, no. All the Jimmy Butler butt kissing you've done. Now you say that he's going to be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> no, right, okay. no, no, just no, back. That's okay. not what I said. Okay, I just mm-hmm. said if you want to. I'm saying they they can sit here and make the argument that they can go home and win a game. This thing interesting. Am I picking Jimmy Butler to lose four times in a row to the Boston Celtics? No, I'm not. I think they're going to lose this series. But well, you know, I've they got, had leads I've got, in the second uh, half of games one and two. They feel like they can go home and win game five. We'll see if they do. I've got a flight book to uh, to Miami in the middle of the finals, so I'll stick with that. That's probably a safe bet. It seems like a safe bet to me. All right, uh, it's only hundred only 150 times that it's uh, that it's uh, <laughs> right. happened that way. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hit strikeouts, Grand Salami's web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. We have Ooh, trivia. We do have trivia. And we have a new trivia sponsor. Oh. YouTube TV. Yes, we oh, love some YouTube TV. You got Sunday ticket now? Man. I believe I'm, we're I'm, all YouTube TV. I think believe we're all actually YouTube TV users on this pod. I definitely am. Man, uh, I think I brought you. I think I was a YouTube TV user first, Von Temps, and I talked you into it. Might, might be the case. I've, I've had it since I moved to Boston. It's great. Yes. Um, in fact, tonight we watched the game on YouTube. We had we were using YouTube TV while we were at the game watching, so we could watch the broadcast as well as watch the game. Was that the trivia question? That wasn't. Nope. The, no. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. Bontemps. Well, we do have out. trivia. We do have a trivia sponsor, which is a great thing. Uh, so since we're talking about coming back from down 3-0, obviously. 150 times now after the Lakers lost, nobody's ever come back from down 3-0 to win a series. There have only been three times that a team has come back to force a game seven. One of them was the Knicks in 1991 against the Rochester Royals. You guys are not going to mm-hmm. get that. So 1990. Say that. 1951. Oh. You think the Knicks were in the NBA Finals in 19... Oh, sorry. 1951. My apologies. Rochester Royals are out of the league a little bit. There were two other times that that's happened. What were Both they? teams played hard. Portland Trailblazers against the Dallas Mavericks. That one, I was pretty confident you would get man for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. The other one. Sorry. The other one was in the nineties. Well, that narrows involved the team involved the team that had a famous upset the round before. Oh, um, Sonics. The Sonics were somewhat involved in this. Don't know. Uh, that when the Nuggets beat the Sonics. That is correct. Sonics, 
Oh, that's right. That's wasn't right. the Sonics, but it was Denver. Nuggets. Uh, Denver, Denver Nuggets, in the conference uh, semifinals played Utah, went oh, down 3 0, just... got it back to 3 3, and then lost in game seven. Well, there you go. Boston can become a fourth team to do that. Well, last year they went to game seven on the road um, and they won. This year, if they went to game seven, they'd be at home. They might lose. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the most fitting the outcome. The most fitting outcome would probably be going to Game Seven on Memorial Day home and then losing with Jimmy Butler as like forty-eight in Boston. That would probably be the most fitting outcome to this series. We'll see what happens. Um, all right, so uh, the Lakers uh, lost. I don't know if you heard, um, but I don't even know what to say about. I didn't LeBron. actually. I only of, heard about LeBron. I only heard about LeBron's yeah. retirement. I know. I, That's I I actually kind of don't want to talk about it because I, I don't you, know. What do it you means. take it seriously? Like, do you really think Le- I mean, LeBron's going to retire? I take it at face value, which is that he was worn out. And, sure. but, but the thing about it is that is that here's all we got to do. Let's do, let's just do a well, quick one. You're not letting is me LeBron finish. LeBron James going to be you, playing you, next you, season. You, you didn't let me finish, Bontemps. Well, we'll try. They said, on. they said last question. So LeBron knew that he had an opportunity to make a statement. He likes, mm-hmm. he like he always likes to have a nice walk off. He doesn't get asked about retiring. He gets asked about something else. And then he gives the, the answer and then he walks off. And then he, you know, so he sort of drops that bomb in the room and says, okay, talk to you at media day in October. Or and not. Oh, right. Well, you know, um, so I'll take it at face value. I'll, I'll respect his words, but I would be extraordinarily surprised if it happens, especially since he spent the last couple of years planning right. for a two-year run here, one more with his current contract, and then he can choose either be a free mm-hmm. agent or um, pick up his option, depending on what happens with Bronny. So, right, and the guy had 40 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists. Like, clearly he, you know, he told Mac-10, uh, after Denver, Denver, Denver finished a sweep. He told Mac 10 <laughs> that um, he's still better than 90%, 95% of uh, the NBA. Honestly, that's like low. <laughs> it's more like that, 97, 98%. Right. I mean, that's like, that's definitely, that's an undisputable statement. That is absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, you know, it was being humble, humbly. Um, so, I mean, the guy's still, he's still an all NBA player. He's not walking away from the game right now. Give me also like, listen, do we really think that the drama King is not going to have a highly publicized, uh, retirement tour that provides all kinds of content to his media company? Give me a break. Of course. Of course. What, what, like, listen, it was all about LeBron today. Not about, Hey, this number one seed that's been a juggernaut the entire playoffs just finished off a sweep to punch their ticket to the first finals in franchise history. Joker won the magic Johnson uh, award for Western conference MVP after a triple double for another series, breaking Wilt's record for uh, triple doubles in a playoff run. And Jamal Murray, like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but oh my God, the guy was like, a crazy efficient 32 points per game. I mean, the Nuggets look like a, a juggernaut. I would like to give them just a little bit of acknowledgement before we get back to, oh, my gosh, the Braun might retire. Give me a break. Well, we're well that's the funny about thing about that. Well, that's the funny thing about that series because the Lakers acquitted themselves really well. I thought they played really well in these four games. They played hard. They were competitive. Yeah. They pushed the – 
pushed Denver in all four games. There were no no routes in the series, but mm. the Denver Nuggets were just flat out better, and they yeah. just flat out outplayed the Lakers when it counted. Like that was that was one of the more competitive sweeps you'll see. But you also didn't walk out of it thinking anything other than that. Like you said, McMahon, the Nuggets just are the dominant team in the West. And we came in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Denver sort of took their foot off the gas last month of the season. Yep. And we're like, all right, like this team was the best team in the West all season. Are they going to back that up in the playoffs? Are they going to have issues? And not only did they back it up, they tripled down on it mm-hmm. and rolled through everybody in as impressive a fashion as you possibly could. It's it's really fun when you get into the playoffs and you see a team really come into its own like this and take on challenges and step up in the moment like this. And to see Jokic and see Murray and these guys, after all the stuff they've been through, Jamal's knee, you know, losing in the conference finals in the bubble. They've had, you know, obviously lost quarters to back. in the second round. They've had some mm-hmm. quarters back issues. I mean, they've had a ton of stuff they've had to go through. Um, over the years, and for them to, to to overcome that, to run through the playoffs like this, it's just been awesome. And Jokic is just absolutely unbelievable. Um, I mean, you just sit and watch him do this stuff in these games, and it, it's just it's like a video game. I mean, and he just know, is making insane plays, putting up insane numbers every single game. Well, and Michael Malone last night referred to Joker as an ultra-conditioned athlete, and he actually stopped <laughs> and says, "Listen, I'm not kidding. Like he's being he's being serious." And obviously, he was beating you know, Anthony Davis up and down the court. Exactly. Quite and a you, look. Quite a lot. He, like he's not going to win a uh, you know if those guys pose shirtless, like you're not going to pick Joker's. The, By the way, the, the guy you want to put on the calendar, but. That was like, uh, did you see the the, the the shirt that Jokic wore last night? It was kind of like a little tight t shirt. It was like a medium. He was yeah. like, listen, I'm going to show He's off my physique, buddy. Oh, feeling good. Uh, but no, Joker, like, dude, when he's grabbing the rebound and pushing it, it's a fast break. Like he's beating the team down the floor a lot of time. He's he's getting the the pace or the uh, nuggets out and uh, and running. He is and he's playing. You know, it's like when they, there was all the attention on oh the fatigue and that was of clearly a huge part of the game plan. I mean, yeah. it's it, you know him as a creator obviously is part of their game plan every night, but that was a huge part of their game plan in this series was to run. And the, he average average he averaged forty two minutes a game. He played forty five mm-hmm. minutes in game four, and he he was the best player on the court down the stretch in these games. Game three he gets in foul trouble, he comes in, takes over the game down the stretch. Game four making plays left and right down the stretch. I mean, he that three point just answered the answer the bell. I was gonna say, you know, it's not part of the game plan. The three pointer you're about to talk about. Well, except that, he makes one of these ridiculous, like crazy shots every game. Was, it's unbelievable. Even, even by his standards, though, that was crazy because oh, that was, was unbelievable. That was half Dirk, half Larry Bird. Because yeah. he, he 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 flung it from behind his head, doing the Dirk. And like I guess I'll throw in a dash of Steph Curry because he was kind of he kind of stepped back while moving left. Yes. So well, that, <laughs> it, this like the step back that he hit with the shot clock buzzer going down in the first quarter made me gasp because I'm sitting like that baseline <laughs> right there and like just the arc on that shot I thought it was going to like scrape the the rafters. It was unbelievable. Right. When he hit that shot, it was the other end of the floor from me. The one we're talking about, 250 left, huge shot in the game. 
I covered my head's like my head like this was just like Whoa. it was because he was going like you said he's going left is able to get his left foot outside of the three point line lift his right foot up in the air turn his body just fling the thing with ad all over him perfect arc nothing while, but while moving like like moving to the left all like, 284 was... pounds of his momentum was going left and he turned his body and shot it shot it back the other direction off balance with one of the best shot blockers of this generation in his face <laughs> it nothing but net and by the and way it was, it was a three-point game him, as you said with two minutes and 50 seconds to go yeah i asked him like how are you comfortable taking and making those kind of shots and he gave kind of a, a funny answer and at the end he was like off balance uh, I forget the exact words, but he's basically like, I'm off balance all the time. <laughs> like, that's nothing unusual. Well, I liked it when his brother, I don't know which one it was, picked up Michael Malone and threw him around like a rag doll after the game <laughs> celebrating. Yeah. Um, that was, that was cool. It was, it was, and I'm, and I'm glad the Nuggets uh, get to have their celebration. Their fans um, get to have like a little honeymoon here. They mm-hmm. can, they can uh, just enjoy it for a few days and they can, chide everybody who didn't believe in them, et cetera, et cetera. Just have your fun. By the way, Aaron Gordon played awesome in game four. And yeah. he um and he had the, you know, I don't know, I don't understand why threes. I was I gonna say why, after go on. I don't understand why Darvinham didn't drop a three pointer for the last play because that team had no chance in overtime. Yeah. They were totally gassed. Um but LeBron drew into the basket. It, it was not a a drive. I mean don't we think LeBron drew don't we think don't we think? Don't we think LeBron drew I, I that up? I don't yeah. know, but it was a bad decision. And then Aaron Gordon basically ended the game there by blocking. Yeah, Murray. Murray got a hand on the ball, and Gordon swatted. Gordon, you know, like you, could, LeBron's still great enough to where you can play good defense on him, and he might have forty anyways. That was, I thought, the case. But you know, we talked about they said they were going to dare Gordon it to hit some threes. He did that. Uh, we've talked a lot about just what a great fit he is with Joker and Murray and kind of adapting his game to complement those guys so well. KCP, keep championship players, was really good for a lot of this series. Um, again, just they've got two superstars, and I know Jamal Murray's never been an all-star, but I'm sorry. When you do what he does in the playoffs, you're a superstar. They've got He's a playoff superstar, that's for sure. Right. They've got two superstars, and then they've just got really nice pieces that fit those guys well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Jackson uh, gave, us, gave us the, the stats. 32.5 uh, points a game, 6.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists, and shot 50-40-90. 50% from the field. 40% it's second, from I believe it's the second 50-40-90 series of his career which I don't think anyone else has ever done. That is amazing. Steph has never done it twice. Well, I don't believe so. I, I saw it. I saw this stat. I, I, no, I don't remember it exactly. So I probably listen, I nerded out today, got on stat head, the basketball reference, you know, tool and uh, plugged in. I'm going to say six guards, Jamal Murray, and then five of the guards who've created pretty good reputations is for playoff performances. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard. 
Steph's the only one who who has been uh, statistically better than Jamal Murray in the playoffs. And you know, honestly, the Kyrie, it's not it's pretty convincing in Murray's favor. There are two players that have ever averaged 30 points in a series and gone 50, 40, 90. Jamal Murray and Kevin Durant. Wow. Huh. Pretty good. And Jamal's done it twice. They're the they're the only two guys that have ever done oh, it. It's only sure. happened twice. Yes, I'm sorry. Two guys have done awesome. it multiple times, averaging 30 points. Jamal and Katie. So to your awesome. point, Big Van, you get in the playoffs with Jamal Murray. Well, and he just did that. And he 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 didn't get the Western Conference Finals MVP because that's how good Joker was in that series. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you, you know, know, they could have shared it, whatever, but well, and look, you know, I the people in Denver got up and Jamal's gotten wound up about the bubble thing. But you know what? It was a fair thing to wonder if he could do that in an environment that wasn't the bubble. Now he didn't get a chance to do it, obviously, because of his knee injury the last couple of years, but it was a fair thing to wonder, like, hey, is this guy gonna be able to step up in that manner? in the playoffs. And as we've seen, he has proven he loves the bright lights and loves the big stage in a way very few other guys do. And they, we talked about the other day, they're just, I just love watching their team. They're so much fun to watch. Their two-man game is great. The guys all know where to play. They're cutting and moving all over the place. It, it, it's just super fun. Uh, it, this is cool the second time that Murray's been 50, 40, 90, 30 plus per game. I'm looking at uh, the bubble. Yes, the stat. Yeah, the stat. The stat was Kevin Durant has done it multiple times. Jabal Murray's oh, done it multiple, multiple times. times. I, I got yeah. you. I got uh, you. Nobody my else bad. has ever my done bad. it multiple times. Oh, good. I didn't explain right. it very well, so it's my fault. All right. Thank Still goodness impressive. that wasn't the trivia question because we, <laughs> our sponsor might be run away. <laughs> um, speaking of trivia, trivia was brought to you by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime. Forgot to put that in there. Now we got it. <laughs> we'll get now the definitely that. running. <laughs> we're out of practice with a sponsor. I, I, I gave him. The, I gave him the Sunday ticket plug. We're we're good. All right, <laughs> that's true. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is, all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. One more thing I want to say before we go. Uh, today, Rob Palinka 
had an exit interview with the media and he said, I don't remember what the verb was. Want to he keep the young said, core together, right? Yeah, yeah, was the young core back? Well, we don't exactly we know who's find, in the, who's in the young core. Um, but it was the most relevant thing that he said, especially in the wake of LeBron, you know, hinting whatever he was hinting at. Our intentions, quote, our intentions are to keep our young core together. Kyle Kuzma's quote tweet, heard that before for crying emojis. So who's in the young core? Well, obviously Austin Reeves. And as you pointed out uh, on the pod last night, like, yes, he's coming back. Um, You know, it's a matter of how much they're going to have to match probably. Uh, But his cap holds small. That doesn't affect anything. Uh, and then Rui. And I think Rui is the one who, that's the question mark. Like, they, he's the one who ha- would have to be sacrificed if they decide that they want to make a, a big splash this summer. What about, are we counting Jared Vanderbilt in that too? I mean, how old is Jared Vanderbilt? Yeah, I, he's, yeah. he's young. No, I don't care who's DMP CD last night. Don't tell me he's a core player okay. with DMP CDM with his with the okay. season on the line. That's fine. I'm just asking. D'Angelo Russell is not part of their young core. He's not. I'm what I'd argue that Jared Vanderbilt's 24. I'd argue the core should uh, we any of these people we're talking about to Brian's point should be Austin Reeves and we should be we should be smacking a a huge line there between him well, and everybody well, else. And I yeah, think and that's Ru- kind of Rui, what LeBron might be thinking. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Rui made him some money during this playoff run. No doubt about it. Um, you know, his cap hold, I don't have it in front of me. I don't have my full Bobby Marks on. It is more it's significant. Not, it, 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 he would have to be sacrificed for them to make a, a free yeah, agency splash or to, for them to, to get sign. to 30, for them to get to 30 million, they would have to either sign and trade Rui or they would have to let him go. Yeah. To get to that thirty yeah. million dollars, if, if they're going to sign a courtside fan, uh, you know they might be able to get Jack Nicholson and, and keep Rui, but they ain't getting Kyrie. By the way, did I tell you I took a selfie with Chris Jenner last night? We're gonna have to hear about that story right now. No, this is a true story. You, you and Tristan? No, no but it was Tristan related. The would be uh, great if you asked Tristan, our ESPN colleague, to take a photo of you and Chris Jenner. So the IT department hits me up. Uh, my my beautiful wife, Maria, hits me up and says, why is Tristan in the game? Now, she's familiar with his work from keeping up with the Kardashians and obviously NBA Today. <laughs> K-Bon, K-Bon, is, K-Bon is also has an interest in Tristan Thompson's uh, appearance in the NBA. I, and this is in the second quarter. I said, great question. She says, say hey to Chris <laughs> Jenner for me. I say, it will be my top priority. She says, I know I can count on you and sends me this Chris Jenner. I don't know, ever know if it's supposed to be GIF, GIF, whatever. <laughs> and so then at halftime, oh, I'm going to, to grab water in the media room. And Chris Jenner's standing right there, like kind of outside the tunnel and standing by herself. And I was like, what the hell? I said, hey, my wife's a huge fan. She would love it if I could get a selfie. Would that be okay? And she was very nice. Here we go. <laughs> There's a selfie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? Listen, this, this, man, she looks like she looks spe- spe- so far gone. So I far sent gone. the selfie to my wife, and, I, and then I sent a gif of the old Jordan shrug. You know, come on. <laughs> that is wild. That is truly it is, wild. Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it is the, 
It's the first and probably last selfie I've ever taken with a celebrity, but I figured it was too good to pass up in the moment. Bon Temps, what do you have to say about that photo he's got with Chris? I can't believe we didn't lead with that. I'm probably going to get in trouble. That's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I said where's, my photo? where's my photo like that? Maybe Chris will. Maybe Chris just, Jenner will be in uh, Denver for the finals. Well, I'm pretty sure she won't be. Is is, is Tristan re-upping with NBA Today now? Uh, Rob Perez, uh, our guy worldwide, Wob had an all-time classic tweet. Uh, because Tristan got the halftime interview <laughs> with with Lisa Salters, uh, and uh, he's going to bill us for that. And he said, uh, you know, he was not he was you know normally the halftime interview is like you know eleven words, and then the guy goes to the locker room. <laughs> Rob said, if Lisa hadn't pulled that, he was ready to do a podcast. If Lisa hadn't pulled that <laughs> microphone back, <laughs> oh, we love you, Tristan. Um, <laughs> Uh, by the way, he played hard. He played he, hard. The man had two dunks. I thought the last yeah. dunk of his life was going to be when he when he got Shanae in the studio, but he had two dunks in in a in a playoff game. Amazing. I mean, Western one, Conference who, Finals. That was a wild was scene. He, he, I think it might have been. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to be smart one, his name if I was wrong, but it was yeah. on somebody. Yeah, he had one on the fast break. Yeah, and then one well, was anyway, like in traffic on someone. Anyway, Palinka saying that is um, was extremely interesting. Now it's he's not legally bound to that. It's not like okay, right. that's for sure, which is kind of what Kuzma was saying. Well, um, rarely does a, a personnel decision maker fib during these exit interviews, <laughs> right? Never. Um, the other thing is is that the quote unquote you know young core, you know only Hachimura and Reeves played in that vital game. So yeah. it's reasonable to say that that's the, the two guys you're talking about. Well, and when, when we were talking like way back when pretty soon after the, the Kyrie's arrival in Dallas and the trade that they made where they get those three guys in, not Rui, Rui's earlier. I'm talking about when they got sure. in Russell and Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. Beasley. Uh, you know, we were talking about, well, you know, you'd have to give up four basically rotation players to to make room to even you know ha- make a respectful bid for Kyrie and Beasley is not a rotation player uh maybe they still pick up his team option just because they would want a 16 million dollar expiring salary but if they do that would be the motivation um Vanderbilt he's like if they wanted to move that salary it'd be super easy but if he was a core player, again, he wouldn't be DNPCD in game four where they're facing a sweep. And then Russell, I mean, he had well, some nice just playoff performances, but like he's, you don't, he's, he's, he's it's, just not very it's, good. It's dangerous relying on D'Angelo Russell to be anything more than well, that's a, the thing. I think if, you, if you rely, if you have to rely on him, you're going to be let down. Yeah, you know, he's just not very, he's just not very good. That's all. You know, it's funny because Kyrie did attend two Lakers home playoff games this year. And, yeah, I guess he went to one in the Chase Center, too. The man likes basketball. Do we know what his motivation (laughs) is? No, blah, blah, blah. But it's interesting for a guy who didn't give an exit interview to the Dallas media after pushing free agency questions until the end of the season. The first one was game six against the Grizzlies where Russell lit it up. And it was a blowout. And Kyrie left. Uh, at the end of the third quarter, said hi to Maverick Carter on his way out the building. Uh, this one, 
Uh, D'Angelo Russell made about as much of an impact in that game as Kyrie did. Right. And it was a rough series for him. And it, I, I do. And I, Wendy, you've talked about this a lot. I think that it went from, man, the Lakers can't go after Kyrie late there in the Western conference finals. They can't break this thing up to, Hmm. Are the Lakers, should they go after Kyrie? Like, well, wow. Look, I mean, I think Kyrie, no matter what, he benefits if the Mavericks feel like there's another 100%. possible bidder. Because the Mavericks really aren't incentivized to give him a max. Even Forget about the years. The years are a whole nother ball. I, I think, I honestly but, think it's about years more than more than dollars. But Well, I think that might be true in Philadelphia for James Harden, too. I mean, I think they're both, I think they're both in the same boat in which that, it is it behooves them to prove to their teams that they have another viable option uh, to, to use the offering. Cause I'm not sure that I'm not sure that Philly and, and or Dallas are interested in offering the maxes. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not even sure that, you know, I, we know that Houston wants James Harden or has mm-hmm. some interest in there. I don't even know if they we know want the front him, office they does. Apparently Jalen green doesn't, if you heard, uh, I didn't hear that playoff playoff piece podcast. I didn't hear it. Well, Jalen Green went on with him and uh, again, don't have the exact quotes, but said something about, yeah, it might help, but could also hurt me having hard, basically stunting his development, no. that kind of thing. That's no. a fair, that's actually a fair assessment. I don't know. Oh, it is a fair assessment. I'm just saying it's a, uh, another little interesting wrinkle in, in that whole scenario. Well, yeah, they, well, I just want to point out that the Lakers don't, if they want to use that cap space or they, they don't have to use it on Kyrie Irving. There are other players available and other guards mm. available. You know, Fred Van Vliet, you know, they might yeah. have a hard time getting the number for him, but he is out there. I don't know what the Raptors are doing. I don't know. It's not clear to me yet which path the Raptors are going to take. Are they, what are they going to do about OG Ananobi if he's not going to extend? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to keep him? What are they going to do about Pascal Siakam? Are they going to extend him or are they not? Because if they're not extending him, they probably going to have to trade him. Um, this is this is why we've talked this so many times about how potentially chaotic this summer can be just right. across and, the board. And so, Fred, but Fred VanVleet may not be back in Toronto just because they may be looking at different options. And um, and so you know he's a player. Plus, you know there are guys who are going to be available via trade that the Lakers. Yeah, there was, there's you know, a, hey, there there's two banana boat members left in the league. Well, I guess well, here's one's definitely left. Chris Paul. I guess we don't know if LeBron's coming back next year, but I think <laughs> I'm just saying there's a there's a, a chance for another big banana boat reunion, baby. The one banana LeBron, boat member LeBron's never played with in the NBA. I don't. I don't see that. I do not see. So, don't see that happening. To Brian's point earlier, when you to circle back, sort of this LeBron thing. To me. Obviously, some of this is, as you correctly pointed out, McMahon, is spin away from the fact that he just got swept out of the playoffs. To me, it's also sort of, I would say, looking at it, it's a bit of a shot across the bow at the Lakers in the mm-hmm. sense that LeBron James was unbelievable in that game four. That for four seconds had four, nearly a 40-point triple-double, was playing great. I know he ran out of gas a little bit late, but he was unbelievable in that game. Second best player in that game. Yes, he was. And their team was clearly not good enough. Mm-hmm. And if you're LeBron James and you're 38 and you're looking at this team, yes, they made the Western Conference Finals. They had a great push after the deadline. They had a great run through the playoffs. Obviously, I was pretty skeptical of their ability to get through those first two rounds. They did. Full credit to them. 
But as LeBron sat there and talked about that stuff, what did he keep saying? I don't care about waking in the Western Conference Finals. I have no interest in being in the Western Conference Finals. I'm here to win championships. I'm here to be in the finals, right? To do that, the Lakers have to go through the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. And we just saw over the past week, this young core ain't nowhere near as good enough, ain't nowhere near good enough to beat the Denver Nuggets in a playoff series. And by the mm-hmm. way, Denver ain't exactly old. They're going to be no. back and might be better next year. So if you're LeBron and you come out of this series, and we, we all know as a smart of a basketball player as there is in the league, he's looking around that locker room saying, this team isn't good enough. We got to find a way to get more players to go beat this team, which he says one of the best teams he's ever had to play in the playoffs. If we mm-hmm. want a chance to get to the finals next year, then yeah, you send a little message like this on your way out the door. And to me, I suspect LeBron here is we're keeping the young core together. And my, my suspicion is LeBron think that is a one-player young core, which is Austin Reeves, the guy who was clearly their third-best player through this run. And, yeah, LeBron is going to want them to go get Kyrie or go get other veteran guys who could step in and play because Rui had a nice playoff run. He's not that good. Jared Vanderbilt is uh, a guy who can't shoot, so he couldn't play with LeBron mm-hmm. and AD because of how bad his shooting was uh, against higher-level teams. I would they keep need Jared to go Vanderbilt. Add depth. If, if, if they're if they're not opening space, I'm keeping Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, Jared but, Vanderbilt is. You move him if you need the space, but he's still like he's a useful player on a relatively small salary. Um, uh, I, and like you were pretty dismissive of Rui. Rui, let's just acknowledge he had a really nice playoff run. He had a great playoff run. I think it would be a incredibly dangerous move to bet big on him as a result of having the having an incredibly hot shooting six weeks. Uh, as I a guy mean, who didn't could, make shots for the first four years of his career, we could get into the semantics of big, but we was we've also been suckered into talking about Lakers offseason when the Denver Nuggets are getting ready for the finals. Well, that's okay. We're going to talk about them a lot in the next coming days. That's yeah. after 2 a.m. Rui, right. Rui shot 49% from three in the playoffs. Probably not going to do that. <laughs> right. When the, ga- okay. the Grizzlies game plan was to leave them open in game yes. one, by the way. That's right. All that's right. right. Well, Bontemps and I are headed back to Boston. McMahon, yeah. enjoy your Congratulations, fellas. <laughs> hey, let's let, keep, watching, just keep watching some playoff games. It'll be fun. Yeah, that's true. All right, we'll go uh, back all right. to Boston. Right, we'll be happy. All Thank right. you for enjoy, listening enjoy to your your podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> what I didn't even. What did he say? Cheer Tito's, like Cheerios and, and Tito's. Cheerios and Tito's and soda. Oh, I see. No, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> Yeah, oh, gee, what a shock. <laughs> the guy who thought that a bottle, guy who a full debates. bottle of liquor had 10 shots in it. <laughs> might make some of those morning debates uh, a little bit more interesting. <laughs> well, a little saltier. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Collective Podcast. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. We will talk to you later. Adios, amigos. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. 
Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.